Hello, welcome back to the Revolting Women. Just as I'm recording this, a very loud siren is going past my house, but anyway. Um, today we're going to be talking about uh, false rape allegations and the statistics behind them and the myths, essentially. I got thinking about this topic um, probably last week, maybe in the past couple of days, when I saw a post on Instagram that said, uh, it was a meme, obviously, it said a uh, man goes to jail for 20 years after a woman daydreams that he rapes her and obviously this was uh i mean i don't know if it's light-hearted as such i don't know if i'd call it light-hearted but obviously it was a joke but the comments on the video uh kind of disturbed me although i don't know what i expected it's, it's kind of what i expected to be honest but the comments were you know why don't women go to jail for lying about rape uh that had been sparked by that post what I think would be relevant to talk about would be uh, rape allegations that get taken to court. So this is, I was really shocked by this number. I learned it a couple of months ago reading a feminist short non-fiction articles in a book called Cupcakes and the Kalashnikovs. I'd highly recommend that. Um, And I learned that only 1.6% of all rape allegations in the UK, although it's kind of hard to tell, but we can know it's around that area, Uh, actually go to court and that doesn't necessarily mean they were convicted it doesn't mean that the rapist or alleged rapist was found guilty or was tried as guilty but it just means they were taken to court so what i'm going to read is uh, a study a research paper conducted by the office of justice programs in the u.s the u.s also has a uh, sorry a trial rate of rape allegations of 1.6 percent uh So let me read that. For this replication study, we report results on case attrition for the 2,887 female victims who reported sexual assault. 48.6% of cases were cleared by the police. 18.8% were cleared by arrest. 29.8% were exceptionally cleared. 42.1% were listed as open or inactive cases. 1.9% were listed as investigation continuing. 7.3% were unfounded by the police. Of the 554 adults arrested, mind you, that's out of the 2,887, charges were filed in 72%. They were declined in 22.8%. Of the charges filed, 53.4% entered with a guilty verdict. 81% of the guilty verdicts were the product of a plea bargain. So they didn't get the full sentence. 3.7% involved a guilty finding by a judge and 25% of those cases, which is 13.2% of the cases, involved a guilty finding by a jury. So in 11 cases, a jury acquitted the defendant following the trial. So they might have been found guilty, but they were acquitted. Only 1.6% of cases reported to the police across all of the six sites in which the police operate were tried in court. So the majority of them were actually dismissed by the police, which isn't a power that I realised that the police had in the USA. I'm not sure if it's the same in the UK. Um... But they were dismissed, so they didn't even go to trial, a lot of them. So the next thing I want to raise is uh, talking about false allegations. Since it seems to be such a big issue, clearly men, or the men that I've seen, have taken a lot more issue with women that lie about rape. And we know that how much space is there for false allegations to happen within the 1.6% of that 100% of cases that were, you know, people calling the police saying I've been raped or reporting a rape. 1.6% of those cases were actually taken to trial. How much space is there in that 1.6% for 
for there to be a false allegation. So like I say, it seems like a lot of men uh, or people that seem to be so upset about false allegations, despite not really knowing the very small amount of number of false allegations that get taken to court, are more upset about that than the fact that 1.6% of all cases reported uh, to police were only taken to the court. I think it's actually lower in England. I think it's 1.3%. Uh, I'll have to check that, but I think it's 1.3% in the UK are taken to court out of all of the reports of rape allegations. So I'm going to read something from uh, the Ministry of Justice regarding a research paper, a research series from 2009. Uh, So in their research series, they published a report describing the analysis of 1,149 case files of violent crimes recorded April 2008 to March 2009. They noted that 12% of rape allegations fell into a broader definition of false accusations. For example, the victim was intoxicated, there was a delay in reporting the crime, the victim retracted the complaint after the fact, or no evidence of bodily harm was recorded. So I'd just like to talk about that first half first, because... Uh, it, it's got to be understood that police have the power to call an allegation a false accusation if, as it says, the victim was intoxicated. Uh, I believe that the victim was intoxicated when the uh, alleged rape took place. If there was a delay in reporting the crime, so if I come forward a year after the rape takes place or the alleged rape takes place, uh, it can be the police have the power to say, in the UK this is, uh, this is the Ministry of Justice, have the power to say that this is a false uh, accusation. So it can be put into that 12%. uh, Or if there's no evidence of bodily harm. So moving on to the second half of this text. Approximately 3% of the false rape allegations were identified as malicious, like I say, determined to be intentionally false. When it came to cases with grievous bodily harm, GBH, even the broader definition, for example, no evidence, delayed report, retraction or an intoxicated victim, accounted for only 2%. So let's just reiterate that 1.6% of rape uh, accusations go to court. They get a hearing or a trial. Of that 1.6%, 3% of those rape cases are found to be maliciously intended. And even with those with GBH, evidence of GBH, that only counts for 2%. And what the worst bit is the fact the police have the power to say this is a false accusation, which is what gives such a misleading statistic. If we go back to where it says they note that 12% of rape allegations fall into a broad definition of false accusation. So if the victim was intoxicated by any means, if there was a delay in reporting the crime, if it happens a year after, sorry, a year prior to the report... Uh, if the victim retracts the complaint, or if there's no evidence of body harm. So basically those two things go hand in hand. If I report something a year after, of course there's not going to be an evidence of uh, GBH, because it happened so, so much later. If this statistic is so incredibly misleading, if it's saying that 12% of rape allegations are false accusations, but in reality it's only 3 or 2%, depending on if you look at uh, grievous bodily harm cases or not, are actually found to be malicious. And even in that, we, I no longer trust this system because we know that the police have the power to say, you've made a false accusation, if it, even if it's not actually false. So what I then wanted to look at was the statement, why don't women face jail time for lying about rape? And I kind of questioned this as well. I thought, surely they would. Surely that would class as wasting the time of the Crown Court or I suppose a magistrate's court, depending on the... 
uh, how seriously the crime is taken. So, what it's called, it turns out, women are punished for lying about rape, as anyone is punished for lying about a crime. It's called punishment of perjury in the UK. That means you could spend time in prison, you could face probation, paying fines to the court. It's tribal on indictment, and the charge is imprisonment of a term not exceeding seven years, or a fine, or both. So you could be fined and face up to seven years in jail for lying about rape and found to have malicious intent. I suppose the thing that really disturbs me about uh, the imbalance in concern is that men... It seems to me that it's clear that the thing that concerns men most is protecting their own. And I'm not... I don't think men should have to be this dirty word. I'm not saying all men, but I also at the same time don't want to say, oh, not all men do this. Because if I say not all men, the good men that don't do this will still not question themselves. And the men that don't do this... Sorry, the men that do do this will not question themselves. So I'm just going to say men for this segment anyway. Um, So the men that do seem to concern themselves so much with how many how supposedly how many false allegations there are and the fact that women supposedly aren't punished for this are more concerned about that than the fact 98.3% of rape allegations do not even go to court and to me that just shows that men seem to be doing this whole boys club thing that there is solidarity between men that will always punish the woman Um, A few months ago, before I'd actually explored this topic properly with statistics and, uh, I don't know, viable research, I I asked my mum, who's uh, also very feminist, as you'd expect, um, why don't women face longer, at least, or serious uh, jail time, any kind of punishment for lying about rape and potentially putting a man in jail, an innocent man in jail? And, of course, I don't think she actually mentioned that women do go to jail for perjury or anyone that lies about any crime will go to jail or face some kind of fine or punishment for perjury of the court in the UK. That's, like I said, a maximum of seven years and a fine, maybe both. And I think what we need to understand is that if we started saying uh, women or people who lie about rape, you will face um, 20 to life for lying about rape, for potentially putting a man in jail... Who, who would come forward knowing that there's a potential of going to jail for over 20 years or for a really serious amount of time if you're found lying about rape, knowing, keeping in mind that the police have the power to say you've made a false allegation because you were intoxicated or because you came and reported this a year after the crime supposedly took place or because there's no signs of grievous bodily harm. I would not report a rape, and I know that there's a lot of women that already do not report rape for fear of, uh, you know, self-defamation or for any kind of uh, fear of not being believed and and being named, labelled as a liar. I wouldn't come forward with an allegation knowing that I could have the potential of facing real jail time. So knowing already that our conviction rate is incredibly low of rape charges and that allegations that come forward only 1.6 or less percent of rape allegations actually go to court what would this do to those statistics how many rapists a year would be convicted if it's already so incredibly low and there's so little space for there to be false allegations in there already if we said to the people thinking about coming forward with rape allegations 
if you lied about this, if you're found guilty, sorry, if you're found putting forth what is deemed to be a false accusation, who's going to come forward knowing that they could face a fine or jail time? Here's another, here's another idea about uh, statistics when it comes to rape allegations. Uh, in 2003, it's estimated that about 50,000 women were raped in the UK. About 11,867 went to the police. Of those cases, 1,649 went to trial, but only 629 of those 50,000 rapes and of those 11,867 women that actually came forward resulted in a prosecution. Continuing on, this article says that if you reported a rape in 2003, you had a mere 5.3% chance of getting your rapist convicted. It's been sliding for years, and in the 1970s, you had a 33% chance of getting a conviction. In 1985, it was 24%. The 2003 figures, the most recent, are the worst ever. So what does that say about today? Why are we not convicting rapists anymore? It's been mentioned in a lot of articles and research papers that uh, the main problem with our system of dealing with sexual assault or rape is massively flawed, because police officers, it's been noted, have... Uh, this preconception of what rape, what a rape victim should look like. Uh, they should be bleeding, they should be shaking, they should be crying. When we know that rape can be coercive, rape, rape can be visibly cooperative in the sense that if you say to a woman, you know, I'm going to take this from you if we don't have sex, that's still rape. And what's interesting is I spoke to a friend a few months ago. He said, um, you know, is it is it rape if my girlfriend, for example, wakes up uh, and I'm having sex with her. First of all, quite weird. And I think a lot of us would agree that's not something you'd want to happen. But if that's a preference within your relationship, I don't think necessarily it's rape if you've already consented to that. However, if she just woke up and you were having sex with her and she was asleep, that's still in the eyes of the law rape. She did not give consent. I say in the eyes of the law, the law that's clearly not very well enforced. Where we need to go with this is... As a generation, we need to understand that rape is not this... It's not always this idea of violence. Always it comes from hatred. Rape comes from the hatred of women. Uh, And I will keep this topic to the rape of women because we all know that men are raped, that men are sexually assaulted, uh, and they're treated equally as badly, if not berated worse by their own community. Because at least with women... You know, if, if a woman tells another woman she's been raped, uh, of course, there is a massive amount of support. Whereas if a man, I think, for example, the best the best example would be when Terry Crews came forth and uh, told everyone he'd been sexually assaulted. He was berated massively. He was asked, why didn't you, you know, fight them off? You're a big guy. Why didn't you fight them off? Because I think we have this idea that rape is... Rape or sexual assault, in Terry Crews' case, is not always this violent punch-up that we have with our attacker. We need to recognise that rape is not always this violent outburst. Of course, it always comes from hatred. Uh, generally, the hatred of man, of woman, and the, insert, the, in, the asserting of power over a woman. Because I remember my mum actually telling me when I was quite a lot younger than I probably should have been being told about this, um, that old women are raped. You know, It's not about sexual attraction. Rape is about asserting your power over someone with less power than you um which is why it happens to men and women it's not exclusive to women of course we know this uh but i would like to argue there are more rapes of women than there are men because 
of that power dynamic and that's often why rape takes place if we if we now know that rape can be coercive rape is not always violent now let's look at the fact that police officers have the power to say when you're reporting your rape allegation that you've made a false accusation because there's no signs of visible and forced entrance during sex or there's no signs of gbh now this is especially worse like i say if you come forward maybe a month maybe a year maybe a decade after the rape takes place for many reasons i think victims don't feel able to come forward um so if that's the case if there's no sign of gbh of grievous bodily harm then you can be charged with a false allegation obviously i don't think this would count as perjury of the court because you've not wasted the court's time but uh, i'm not too educated on that i don't know the point i really wanted to make with this episode with this discussion after i put it on my instagram story uh i actually didn't get any nasty replies shockingly i feel like when it comes to something like rape there's very little that you can say in defense but i think it goes a long way understanding the real statistics behind it for the past decade and the powers that the police have to convict a woman uh, or to accuse her of making a false accusation of rape which puts her in that 12 percent misleading figure that says that you've made a false allegation if you were drunk if you've reported it too long after the crime too long after from any reason or if there's no sign of forced entrance because we know that rape is not always violent um i hope that this was informative uh i certainly felt a lot more enlightened and clear on my stance with false allegations and i think we can all see the people that are suggesting that women should face more jail time have just not thought into it uh as much as they should before they make those statements um I hope you enjoyed this. I've just figured out how to put um, sounds and special effects at the end, so I might go ahead and just have a bunch of those right now. Right now. (laughs)